Are you ready to take your real estate investing business to the next level? Well, you're in the right place. This is the Real Estate Investing Morning Show. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. With your mentors, Wayne and Gabby. Good morning and welcome to the Real Estate Investing Morning Show. Today is Thursday, July 28th, almost the end of the month, and we're going to have a high of 32 degrees, but it's going to feel like 37. What the hell is going on with you? <laughs> it's going to be a hot one. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. I don't hey. know if you'd know it, but I'm actually really tired. Well, looks like you're trying not to show it. <laughs> Um, why are we so tired? Uh, it was a bad sleep. It was mm. a disrupted sleep. Was it me? Because uh, I had a bad sleep. Yeah, I really too. It was hot. What did she do? She woke up with me in the middle of the night. Did she? Yeah. Sent her back to her room. I showed her. <laughs> oh, hey guys. Yeah. Uh, sorry. <laughs> um, we're broadcasting live, uh, as we do every morning. <laughs> On the Podbean app, if you want to listen in live, go download the Podbean app, look up the show, Real Estate Investing Morning Show, and you can tune in live at 6 o'clock Mountain Time, Monday through Friday. Join in on the chat like everybody else is here. Um, be cool, you know, and uh, click the call-in button and call in and ask any questions about real estate investing that you want for free, free coaching every morning, okay? Like today, perhaps. Um not exactly sure what we, what we want to talk about today. When you said be cool, like, please, someone back me up here. Uh, instantly, it's like, be cool, glass coatings. No? Is it glass coatings or glass auto? That doesn't make any sense. Coatings. No, it's not glass coatings. It's something else. Uh, coatings. Is it coatings? Yeah. Don't they like tint windows to keep you cool? Yeah, it's a local uh, Edmonton <laughs> business, I believe. I don't know if it's uh, it's nationwide. <laughs> Kathleen's backing me up. Wow. Kathleen? We got a <laughs> shitty show for you today. Uh, we do, because we don't we don't have anything to talk about. <laughs> we have so much going on in our business, but like nothing worthy of talking about. Yeah. Maybe you can talk in the, about the um, upcoming vacancies and how that's going, because I'm genuinely curious. But just in a minute, hold that thought. Uh, we have upcoming events uh, this Saturday. If you haven't already registered uh, for the fix and flip meetup in Calgary, Saturday from two to five o'clock, if I reckon, if I recall correctly. Sure. Yeah. Sounds sounds legit. Um, yep. Two to five o'clock on Saturday in Calgary. Uh, we will be there. Um, it's a new fix and flip property in uh, Calgary. It's going to be pretty, pretty cool. Yeah. Um, August 6th, the following Saturday, uh, Join us at the Calvin Realty Golf Tournament. That's going to be pretty awesome. We're sponsoring a hole there. So um, I will be there um, at one of the holes. I don't know which one. Um, and we're going to be giving away a free real estate investing master's mentorship. Free one-year mentorship program. Yep. Pretty crazy. That's pretty huge. $10,000 value. Absolutely. You want to know the value of that? You want to know like uh, what you're going to get from something like that? Whether you win it or whether you just join, quit being silly. Um, I want to do a big congratulations to Jessica. Yes. Jessica bought her first investment property yesterday. Yes. <laughs> I need some. There you go. <laughs> that is going to be the clapping. <laughs> I that's the, I panicked. Uh, yeah, congrats to Jessica. She bought her first investment property yesterday. She joined. Um, the REA Masters Mentorship Group program there uh, last month. Wow. Last month, and she's already taken action. So Amazing. good for her. Yeah. Um, first one's always the hardest. And uh, how many of you guys sat on the you know on the sidelines and sat, you know, on the other side of the fence there for a while, you know, for your first one? Um, it only took her about a month. Mm-hmm. And she um, just got to work. Yeah. Absolutely. And that's what you got to do. You got to well, get to work. Yeah, she asked a lot of great questions. She, she analyzed a lot of properties. Yeah, um, it was a lot to be honest. Like especially when you're getting started out, like it's 
you don't know what you want to do. And you keep watching all these Facebook lives and webinars and everybody's talking about all these different things and it's just information overload. Yeah. Easy to get distracted. Paralyzed more so. Yeah, for sure. Because you just don't, you want to make the right decision. Yeah. You don't want to make the wrong decision. You don't know what's decision. right. Yeah. You don't want to regret anything. So it's hard to just move forward, but not Jessica. Um, so yes, um, that's coming up next weekend. Join us if you want to win a free membership for that. And if you're interested in learning more about the REI uh, Master's Mentorship Program, go to reimasters.ca. Boom, boom. Got through that. Uh, August 20th, still not announced yet, but only <laughs> announced here. Um, trust me, I promise it's coming. August 20th, we're doing a fix and flip workshop. Yes. Um, it's going to be an online workshop if you want to learn how to do fix and flips, if you want to learn how to make some extra cash pay for those vacations, add a little extra active income into your, uh, into your business. Uh, and, and maybe like some people, um, maybe, you know, do a couple flips a year that will cover your, your, your personal income. Maybe they'll cover your expenses. Maybe those couple flips a year that you do might just help you to quit your job. So you can go into real estate full time and start focusing on raising capital. Mm-hmm. Building long-term wealth. Mm-hmm. Um, let's 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 face it. Let's be honest. Um, the the plan or the root of just trying to buy a bunch of cash flowing properties and buying enough cash flowing properties so you have enough passive income to quit your job is a very long process. Yeah. Okay. Um, especially with interest rates going up. Um, a lot of people had that that goal in mind, and then they realized, "Oh crap! There goes my, my there goes my cash flow. Uh, what am I going to do?" Mm-hmm. How about for all the people that that is their their that is what covers their expenses, yeah. their household expenses, and they're looking at it and they're like, "Oh wow!" And then about a year, uh, when all my my mortgages come up for renewal, I'm not going to have any cash flow anymore. Yeah, you do. I've talked about this a million times. <laughs> And here it is again, and, and here's why. You always need to make sure that you have a good balanced portfolio of passive and active mm-hmm. income. Because you need active income to make sure that in the event that things happen, interest rates go up, rents go down, you don't want your livelihood, you don't want your, your family to be affected yeah. um, by the cash flow of your rental properties. Okay, It's not guaranteed. So make sure that you have a good active income as well. And um, fix and flips is a great way, passive way to, to get some active income. Um, wholesaling is another one. But wholesaling requires a little bit more time. A little, it's not, it's not as, um, it's not as easy as what most people think. So, um, if you're interested in the fix and flip workshop, be patient. There will be details coming up this week. <laughs> this week, it's a big promise. It's Wednesday already. No, it's We're Thursday. Is no, it? it's Thursday. <gasps> yeah. Gasp. Did is you, it Thursday? Yeah. That did was you a, set me up there? Was, did you set yourself up for that? <laughs> no, I honestly. Because you know I that I'm, I'm running way behind on this. I honestly thought it was Wednesday, and that's terrifying that it's Thursday. It's Thursday, baby. Yeah. So today's your only day. I'm so aware. We're tomorrow. <laughs> I'm aware. Good luck, bud. Um, Ken there in the comments says, when you are done, can you fix and flip my Calgary bungalow? Please, smiley face. <laughs> have your people talk to my people. Let's see how this first Calgary one goes. Yeah. Um, it's our little trial. Yeah. New city, new crew. Mm-hmm. Let's see how it all plays out. It's, uh, <clears throat> make it sound easy, but it's not easy. But it is easy, but it's not easy. <laughs> Where am I it going takes time. This? It takes time. It's a process. Yeah. It's a process. Um, I have no guarantees of, of anything, especially when you're going into yeah. a new city. You got to, um, you got a new team and you got to stay on top of it. And you got to make sure the expenses are, you know, you're staying on top of that. And there's a lot of little things. Like, what do you mean you paid this much for this? What do you mean you did this? Or why is this 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 way? You have to you have to stay on top of it. So we'll yeah. see how Calgary goes first before we 
start committing to other people's fix and flips. But, <laughs> but, um, but hey, um, come on out to the meetup. Okay, and watch and learn. And then come on out to the fix and flip workshop on the 20th. And you probably won't need me. Yeah. You can do it yourself. Yeah. Right. Um, what else you got in the comments here? Um, well, uh, oh, I keep scrolling and then it pops up back to the bottom. You, you got it. You got it. Mm. He also says, I have no people. I am a one man band. <laughs> um, okay. So what are we talking about today? <clears throat> Party people. What are we talking about today? Let's go to the internet. I don't want to talk about uh, vacancies. That's boring. It is very boring, but people love that stuff. <laughs> I have no news on the vacancy front. Have I you... can't start advertising for the for the one until next week, until the first. Well, I could advertise, but if I'm advertising, I want to be able to also book viewings right away. So I don't do it until the first. So that's Monday? Yeah, I think so. Hmm. Um, and how many vacancies is it? Uh, one for now, possibly two. I Because I didn't um, notify the one coming up for renewal about the rental increase until quite late. Um, I gave them extra time to think about whether they were going to stay or go. So I think I gave them until the 5th before I'll start advertising. We talked about this the other day that we're probably going to be increasing rents. Yeah, well, we are on that that one for sure, um, where we have an adjustable interest rate and our mm. mortgage has gone up quite a bit. Um, that one for sure, I'm increasing rents. So, and it was uh, their specific suite, their basement suite was under under market rent. So I need to bring it up and get it in line where it should be. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. So yeah, we'll see. Um. I'm just going through the the Masters Facebook group here, just kind of see recent questions and stuff like that. Maybe stuff that we didn't answer on. Um, I had a really good um, mastermind meeting last night. Tell me about it. <laughs> um, yeah, well, it was just a it was a really nice and really fun meeting. But also, uh, one of our members uh, who was in the hot seat last night, she brought a. <laughs> property for a flip for us to analyze okay yeah and it was um it was fun because she lives in calgary is looking at doing flips in edmonton so um didn't know anything about the neighborhood um and then also needed wanted to run through the numbers of what the it was from a wholesaler so what the projected uh, flip costs would be and arv and looking at the comps that were provided and all that kind of stuff so it was uh, fun to go through that and get everybody's input. Everybody had some like really good recommendations on how to look up um, the different neighborhoods when you're out of town. There was a really good resource provided there. Um, and then just like how to, like we went through running the numbers on the flip, mm -hmm. um, which was kind of like eye-opening to see where the <clears throat> wholesaler projected the renovation cost to be compared to, you know, if it was a full flip, what it actually would be. Oh, was it off? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and then also looking at the comps and like how they came to the ARV and like where those um, when those comps were sold, where in the neighborhood they were sold, like all those mm. types of things. So just like, yeah, really looking into all those <clears throat> things. So it was we we were down two of our members. So uh, normally there's five and we just had three. And so we were like, oh, it's going to be a short meeting. But we actually ended up going like 15 minutes over our two hour meeting yeah. because we got like super into the um, analysis of it. And it was it was fun to run through that with like I've never actually sat down with like a group of people and ran numbers. <laughs> Is that so it was it was just yeah, it was just kind of fun. And we were like going through the spreadsheet trying to figure out like where there there must have been like some uh Excel formula errors as well. So we oh, were like, really? oh, okay, go. And like, I kept trying to grab my mouse. <laughs> I'm like, okay, go up to C6. What does C6 say? No, 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 that shouldn't be C6. That should be C10. Okay, change, go down. Okay, go to C39, change that to C10. <laughs> I was wondering why, like I came up and yeah, it was past 930. I'm like, what are you still doing on your call? Yeah. 
It was okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Though. It was fun. That's good. Turns out, uh, wasn't a great property. Wasn't uh, the ARV wasn't there. The numbers were off. Mm-hmm. So it was a it was a pretty blatant no. But um, nevertheless, it was a great exercise to go through. I've seen a few good wholesaling deals coming through lately, though. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which is a shame because I'm not buying any right now. <laughs> I, I stopped opening emails. I had to stop opening emails because otherwise I would, I would probably buy more. Yeah. Um, but I've seen, I, I still get a lot of emails from wholesalers and, uh, there's a lot of good off market deals right now. Yeah. It's good opportunities. I had a realtor friend uh, message me the other day saying, you guys buying any flips right now? And I said, nope. Got something to tempt us with, though. <laughs> so, yeah, so she sent it and turns it, it doesn't fit our criteria of what we're looking for, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Very cool. Very cool. Um, well, on that topic, you know, Derek uh, in the Masters, um, the free Masters Facebook group there, mm-hmm. he was asking about analyzing a property recently. Yeah. Um, oh, and by the way, Jeremy in the comments here says, tell the wholesalers to come see me. I'm looking for some more before September. Nice. I have a feeling that uh, they'll find you, Jeremy. You're a very good networker. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh, Josh has an off-market offer going in on Saturday. Very cool. Awesome. Congrats. Sorry, an off-market offer? Yeah, he's putting an offer on an off-market deal. <clears throat> okay, gotcha, 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 gotcha. Um, Derek's looking at a 1200 square foot bungalow. He needs to replace all windows, add an Island or bar in the kitchen, which could potentially just lead to redoing the whole kitchen. So it all matches. Redo main floor bath may have to redo the roof, develop 1000 square foot basement with two bedrooms and a full bath with shower. That one's hard. That's yeah. really hard to quote. Yeah, it is. For some reason, basements are very yeah. difficult to quote. Um, and replace furnace and hot water tank. Okay, we can go through this. Um, and this is only because Derek left me a really, really nice comment on the the podcast the other day. That's why I'm doing. Um, okay. Are you just gonna read my numbers in the comments? Are did you already <laughs> did you already answer this? Yeah. Oh snap! <laughs> All right. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm gonna do. Okay, so for Windows. Uh, twelve to fifteen thousand dollars, depending on how many windows. Uh, yeah. Normally, it can mo- be less. It can be more. Depends on your front and back. Your front, um, your front living room window and your kitchen window are normally the worst. Yeah. Um, and then even on this one that we're looking at in Calgary. Um, that we're looking at or that we're doing. <laughs> good point. <laughs> uh, looking at getting windows for. Okay. Um, weird bedroom windows. Are they? Weird. They're high. Like, what does that mean? I still haven't seen the property. (laughs) Like, um, not like, not like high, but I mean, like they're, they're not where normal windows are. They're big windows and they're like at shoulder height or something like that. That's really weird. Maybe I remember them incorrectly, but long story short. You are short as well. Proceed. You're shorter than I am, and you're making fun of me. I'm just <laughs> saying I might need to go on my tippy toes to see out of that. Wow. <laughs> just like stomping on my pride on a live show. Um, yeah, they're just a little bit higher. Maybe, maybe I'm exaggerating from how I remember. It was a couple weeks ago that I was there. But long story short, we actually, for for code, from what I understand, for code, we actually have to Bring them down? We have to bring them down. Oh, shit. Because for like egress, like if someone was to try and climb out, they would actually have a, have a great fall. So is that why our windows are so expensive? <clears throat> That's one of the reasons. Is yeah. that, in, but is, is the quotes like including concrete or not concrete? Cutting. Because it's not, yeah, but cutting. Um, It's, yeah, it, it includes cutting, yeah, and, and moving them. Crazy. For sure. We're just doing bigger windows, I think. Yeah. I'm just cutting the hole bigger yeah. on the bottom and then just doing bigger so windows. So they're going to be massive windows. For bedrooms, yeah. Yeah. Wow, from, cool. From what I understand. Um, I'll know more on Friday when I see it again. But tomorrow. Is that tomorrow? <laughs> Son of a bitch, this week flew by. Yeah, so windows, I mean, like, in the flips that we've done, I think the lowest that we've had, and that was um, because we didn't need to replace 
all of them was like 9,000. Yeah. But more standard would be like 13. It really just does depend on the size of the windows. Yeah. Um, if you got like normal bedroom size windows on an older bungalow, like they're they're pretty decent. They're anywhere from 800 to 900 bucks. Yeah. But if you're dealing with these these big monstrous things and you know they're upwards of like 12 13 14 1500 bucks yeah depending on how complicated they are um one of our most expensive windows in this calgary flip is the master bedroom weird right right um the front window in the living room is ridiculously expensive we're talking in like the three four thousand dollar range mm-hmm. when normally it's like two grand twenty five hundred mm-hmm. Again, the bigger the window, the more expensive. And I mean, that could mess you up right there. That could be $5,000 more than what you expected. On this on this quote, I think we're expecting $3,000, $4,000 more than what we kind of anticipated. Mm-hmm. Um, which is, you know, kind of cuts into your profits. Yeah. Um, you'll learn if you're doing fix and flips that, you know, $1,000 here, $1,000 there can really start to add up really mm-hmm. quickly. Yeah. Um, Got to be careful on, uh, oh, we definitely need this. Oh, I saw this in one house. I definitely need this. Yeah. Well, and also, uh, again, reiterating that on certain, certain quotes, like, don't just go with one. Like, it's really important to get multiple quotes because we're talking things can vary, like, on Windows, like $5,000. Yeah. Like, that's a lot of money yeah. on your bottom line. That's money straight out of your profit. And especially like, I'm also thinking about like the door quote that we got for this place in Calgary to Mm -hmm. replace the uh, three external doors, exterior. One of them's a garage, yeah. Garage, uh, man door and the front and back door in the house. You want to talk about the $10,000 door? Yeah. So they quoted, so this, this is like a a regular (laughs) front door, the front door, a regular door with two side lights. The quote was $9,000 to replace it. And like, I'm pretty sure that we had stressed that like, it's nothing fancy. Yeah. Like nothing fancy, just a a door with a window and two side lights. And yeah, $9,000. I was like, when I pulled up the quote, Wayne and I were both sitting in the living room and I looked at him and I was like, what the fuck? I said, pardon? Like, what is this? (laughs) And so, yeah, I was like, uh, no. Uh, Yeah, just wild. I mean, like the, and so Wayne was like, well, how much was the one in Leduc? Because we got a door with the two side lights. And I, I also got a pretty fancy one. Like it had a nice like window design, yeah. but I just frosted the two, the two side lights. And that one was like uh, 2,500. It was a little bit smaller too. So this size does matter on the doors. It does vary quite a bit. And also the materials. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like they come in a couple different types of materials that will last longer, won't dent as easy, all those types of things. So <clears throat> you really need to know what you're requesting and what they're quoting you on. And just be careful with, uh, yeah. Is it a you thing or is it yeah, a quote thing? Yeah, is it a thing? you thing or a quote thing? Sometimes it's like you just don't know what the hell you're talking about. And that's the hard part. Is it me? It might, uh, like, it Is my expectations way off on this? Yeah. Is this seriously 10 grand? Or is it just someone who's just quoting way too high? Yeah. And so in this circumstance, in this situation, like Wayne was pretty sure that we had to replace <laughs> the door, but then I pulled up the pictures and I'm looking at it and I was like, no, like we can totally paint this door and replace the inserts. Because the inserts, this is actually a really great door and the yeah. frame is in really great condition. Yeah. It's a beautiful door. The problem is it's got a, um, like a bronze. Intricate kick- bronze designed window. <laughs> No, I mean, it's got gold in between oh, on the glass yeah, yeah. inserts. There's yeah. gold in the glass inserts, so you can't use that. It's got to be updated. And then the like the bronze uh, kick plate on the door. Yeah. So we're like, okay, well, if we replace, if, if we want to keep this door, replace the glass inserts, that's yeah. fine. The door's in great condition. Like, it's yeah. great. Looks and we'll new. keep it lime green. Not lime green. <laughs> we're just joking. We'll paint door. it. <laughs> uh, but it's got one of those stupid kick plates on it. So if we take that little kick plate off it, we have to replace it with a chrome kick plate, which... Most new properties don't have kick plates, but I think that we can. Yeah, I, I was like, Wayne, you're being crazy. Like, that'll save us. <laughs> yeah, well, a kick plate is something you normally see in like an industrial fucking warehouse door. Or anyone with a dog. Hmm. Yeah. I never thought about that. I just, I've never seen a kick, a kick plate on a, on a, on a front door. No, I've seen lots. Ever. 
you have? Yeah. What kind of houses are you going into? <laughs> I'm answering that question. <laughs> um, yeah. So that's, I mean. Uh, it, and and it, even like, sorry, Wayne, to, uh, you might no. have been going somewhere with that. But even with like the other, so like generally, you know, on, on a back door and a garage man door, you just need a standard six panel exterior door. Like yeah. don't go being fancy on your, your back door, or your garage door, yeah. um, unless you really need to for some reason. But those getting, getting those doors quoted from a doors and window place is crazy as well. Like yeah. you can go and pick those up for like, I don't know, 600 bucks or something from Home Depot. And please, whoever correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, you know, like when you get them quoted, they can be like two grand. Yeah. <laughs> for the guy to come and, and put it in. So yeah, those are things that like, if you have some, if your contractor's capable or if, yeah, whatever, then just get them to do those doors. Don't get those quoted out. Yeah. I, I still cannot believe that we got quoted for a $10,000 door. Yeah. Uh, Josh says, I like a fancy back door and I do too. <laughs> we have a really nice back door that has a full window and blinds on it. So when I let Reggie out, in the morning, I just flick the blinds and I can watch him make sure he goes and does his business. And so I agree. I like a fancy back door as well. But when you're doing a flip, you're like, that's that's somewhere where you can save a thousand bucks or whatever. Right. Okay. You and Jeremy read that. Mm -hmm. uh, dirty. <laughs> I was being quiet. You were being quiet. And then That's I saw Jeremy's comment giggling. as well. <laughs> we'll let that one go, Josh. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, yeah, windows can sneak up on you. <clears throat> Be very careful. Even uh, Jeremy said in the comments here, you gotta. It, his quotes for his windows varied from eight grand to 16 grand. Yeah. Again, I don't, in a lot of cases, I don't know if it's an us thing. You never know if it's a you or is it the quote? Because sometimes they'll just quote you bigger numbers to get a bigger profit, yeah. right? And unsuspecting homeowners fall for it all the time. Yeah. They are—they don't have the time to get three quotes. Yeah. But then again, you know, just like anything, let's let's talk flooring for a second. You know, if you think, oh wow, look, I went down to, you know, Timbertown in Edmonton, and I and I found uh, lemon or vinyl plank for seventy cents per square foot. Well, you got to look at the quality of that material. Yeah. Okay, got to look at it's like. <laughs> I don't know. It's like two mils, you know, thick, two millimeters thick. And it's like, it's made of a really crappy material. And, and the, the, the tongue and groove is like, just breaks apart when you, when you put it together. Oh, half of the boxes uh, is damaged <clears throat> when you open it. Yeah. Because when they, <laughs> when they strap it down, like it literally falls apart within the, before you even get it. So it's like, it's really brittle and cheap material. Um, and it doesn't have any underlay, but then you're like, oh, I don't want to pay 275 per square square foot for vinyl, but that stuff is 10 millimeters, which is like, you know, a good durable, mm -hmm. um, you know, luxury vinyl plank. It's got, you know, the, 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 it clicks in nicely. It doesn't separate easily. It's got a underlay underneath it. It's yeah. good. And it, it has a good feel to it as well. It has a good feel when you're walking on it. Not to mention the fact that the way that the colors or the, the design is printed on it um, is better quality, mm -hmm. right? So you're wondering what the difference between a 75 cent square foot uh, vinyl plank is and a $4 square foot. Go look at both of them. Yeah. Install both of them in two different rooms and step on them. You'll notice a difference very quickly. Um, but in a flip, it's easy to think like, oh, I got to be as cheap as possible, cheap as possible, cheap yeah. as possible. Um, but it's noticeable. Yeah. I think there needs to be a healthy balance between trying to cheap out and going to expensive. <laughs> and the reason why I brought that up was because that applies to everything that applies to paint. Yeah. Right. Yep. Cheap paint. You'll notice. And your labor hours will go up <laughs> because it, it's more coats. Yep. So I don't know enough about windows to know, am I getting a cheap quality window or am I, are they quoting me on like, you know, the best quality window. Yep. And you have to be very clear about like, Hey, this is what I'm planning on doing. I need like, the low end window, all it needs is needs white vinyl on it. That's all I need. Because yeah. my other windows here are wood and aluminum and I can't keep those. This is what I need. All I need is it for it to be white. Okay. I don't give a shit about how many panes. I don't get shit about like um, UV 
deflection rates and all that other, uh, things that I have no understanding of. Yeah. Um, just give me the cheapest white ones. That's what I need. And you got to be very clear about that. Um, and then they'll be like, okay, well, you're not getting these windows. None of your windows are going to open. And, uh, and they're, and they're probably <laughs> going to fall apart in the next 10 years. And I'm like, done. <laughs> okay. We don't want them to fall apart in 10 years. <laughs> and we want them to be able to open. No days. <laughs> but, but honestly, those are things like, are they sliders or do they have the little spinny things that open? Like, yeah, yeah the, the that quality. all impact the price. Yeah. The mechanics of it, like of each window as well, will impact the price as well. So if they're thinking, oh, you definitely want to have these things here because, you know, on a hot summer day, you know, these things open up this way, which allows a lot more airflow. And if you put this, these kind of windows here and those kind of windows in the back, you practically don't even need air conditioning because of this. Mm -hmm. And they're just trying to do a good thing and trying to give you the right windows. But they have to clearly understand what the intent is of this. Yeah. And I don't need that shit. I need white. Yeah. So find a happy balance between what I said and what Gabby said. Yeah. <laughs> I've, uh, Carlos says spinny things are a pain. They just break. I've never had one break. Maybe you're too strong, Carlos. I chill out, bro. <laughs> God damn. <laughs> so, right or left? Lefty, Lucy, right, right tight. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What's next on the list? Uh, a little bit of talk about backdoors here in the comments. Um, and Carlos says he drives trains to compensate. <laughs> <laughs> All right, give her a little bye-bye toot toot. <laughs> oh, gosh. What? A, the, I told you, it's we got a shitty show for you today. <laughs> Absolutely shitty show. We talked about the windows. Well, let's talk about roof. Careful I don't know much about roofs. Neither do I. I really don't. Yeah. I really don't. Um, the the type of shingle you buy will affect the price. Um, the slope of the roof. Ah, yeah, that one sneaks up on us. Yeah. Um, we've been buying pretty normal houses, and uh, I mean, like, like not like flat, flat roof houses or anything like that, mm -hmm. except for one. But, um, but the pitch, the slope of the house will determine the cost of your, your, your shingle replacement as well, because there's code for extra shingles and extra vapor barriers and all that stuff, stuff. Again, I do not understand, but when you get the quote come in, it's like $2,000 more. You're like, dude, why, what do you, why, are you, why are you messing with me? And, uh, it's like, dude, stop buying low slope houses. Yeah. I'm like, what do you mean it's a normal house? He goes that, see that part over there? It's low slope. So I have to do it like this. So I'm not going to go against code just because you want to save money. I'm like, all right. But there, bam, a couple thousand bucks. Yeah. Didn't see it coming. Did not see it coming. We're talking about a three-level split from yeah. Shore Park. Yeah. And it costs an extra $1,500, grand. Like, son of a bitch. How did I not see that? A thousand bucks here, a thousand bucks there. Right? What? Okay. Is everything okay in the comments? <laughs> yes. Me? Okay. Um, yeah, so roofs, roofs can kind of sneak up on you like that. Um, I don't want to say how much roofs cost because we get a really good deal mm. branding. Um, but on average, I would say expect eight, nine grand on a house and about three grand on a garage. And if, but if you're good and you do volume, you'll probably get less. Sound about right. Yeah. I, I don't know. That's what I said. I don't even know what I put in the comments there. You guys just trying to. Uh, you put significantly less. Did I? Okay, so that's because we get a good deal. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> oh, again, I, I talked about this yesterday, but like volume. Yeah. If you do volume and you provide value, then you're going to get good deals. Um, hot water tank, two grand ish, twenty five hundred. Yeah. Furnace, seven grand. Yeah. Usually, when grand. you're replacing both, it comes in around ten thousand. Mm. Nine, ten, eleven, depending. And then it depends on um, disposal and. Um, if you have to do any rerouting of any, uh, ducks, mm -hmm. um, so duck work, 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 um, 
will will increase it as well. Just labor, general labor, right? Yeah. I mean, that's pretty much it. Bathrooms are about five grand. You did a great job on this comment here. I didn't I didn't notice the comment. Um, and so that's that's pretty much it on that. Thirty five minutes in, and I think our show's over. <laughs> um. Cody was Cody asking about siding or yeah. were they talking about something else? No, he was. Yeah. Boy, oh boy, siding. Avoid it if possible. Yeah. On a fix and flip, I'd avoid it. Vinyl siding can really cost you if you're having a company to do it. And I'm not I'm not good enough to do it myself. Um I have no idea because I would never do vinyl siding on a on a on a low entry yeah, regular fix and flip. flip. If you're doing a high end fix and flip then yes, you know, you might want to, for curb appeal, you might want to. Um, but for the most part, for like your entry level uh, fix and flips, I would say just paint the stucco. And even that could be kind of expensive. Yeah. A couple thousand bucks sneaks up on you. Yeah. We're getting quotes for like three grand for painting the front of the house. Yeah. I also have mixed uh, feelings on painting stucco. I think like it needs to be actually we had a similar discussion yesterday you and i wayne about siding mm -hmm. but i feel like when you're painting stucco it needs to be kind of a very specific color or else it can look trashy yeah and it has to be done really well like by the professionals true yeah um but also uh maybe somebody here listening live knows but on a lot of the new builds um you'll see that like big square flat pieces of siding that look maybe kind of textured what is that <laughs> oh don't 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 try again what is it i i don't like i don't know what it is and i see it on lots of the new builds and the infills and that sort of thing and hardy board is that what it is i don't know what hardy board is so um but i feel the same I way about hardy board so. as if that's what it is that i do about um Painted stucco is that it needs to be a very specific color or it just kind of looks trashy. Like you can get away with it on new builds, but like I saw kind of a crappy looking one yesterday on an infill because it was like, it was this kind of medium bluish color. And then the vinyl on the front was the same color, maybe a little bit different. And so it looked washed out and weird and not good. So yeah, I have, I have feelings about stucco and whatever that is. Possibly hardy board. <laughs> it's not hardy board. I, I, I don't know what it's called, and I don't know why you bring it up, because now I feel obligated to Google it and try and find it, but I have no idea what it's called. <laughs> I'll figure it out, and I'll remind you all in next week, and you won't remember what the hell we're talking about. Yeah. Oh, is that it there? Hang on a second. I'm just Googling. You guys just, just chill out, okay? <laughs> Where are we? Okay, so we thought that we were, um, you know, putting on a ridiculous show, but Roxanne says, I feel like this episode is so valuable for new flippers. Definitely going to re-listen to this one. And Lauren said, agreed. Wow. Yeah. By accident. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, I don't mind going through all this stuff, um, you know, yeah. talking about um, fix and flip numbers and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, like I, I, I highly recommend coming out to the, to the, um, the, the workshop on the 20th, because the, then we'll go more in depth because I feel like I don't like doing little bits here, little bits there. I almost feel like I feel obligated to like give everybody, you know, yeah, everything, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and like with a lot of these numbers, things you need to keep in mind, like the thing about last night that was like, um, you know, came super shocking for some of the um members was the variance in how they they had been doing renovations themselves compared to what it would cost if they had hired laborers yes and it's it increase it doubles <laughs> Should, yes. could we say doubles like what your renovation costs so yeah when i was looking at the the quote that the wholesaler wholesaler had put there i come to the conclusion that they must have just been saying like lipstick but when you look at the pictures of this house like it needed more than lipstick so it was hard to hard to know exactly what was what was going on there mm. yeah so um, I was because when I went through like how many hours it takes like typical labor hours and what a typical laborer would cost 
and did the calculation, it was like jaw drop, right? Mm. Yeah. Is it cement of, of facade? No. <laughs> Are you still searching that? Fiber cement panels. It's it's they're like cement panels or something like that. I've that that would make sense. That's kind of what it looks like. Uh, fiber cement panels. I think that's what it is. I'm seeing it a lot. I've I've watched people install them and they got to use like a chops. Oh, Carlos! Carlos wants to know if we want to hear some toot toots. Fi- oh yes, fiber cement. <laughs> Call metal. in, buddy. All right. Um, is he is he in the train right now? He must be. Uh, I think it's called fiber cement panels. They kind of look um, something like this, Kev, right? Or concrete panels or yeah. something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, glass fiber reinforced concrete panels. Are you watching the show? Uh, Carlos says in? limited time offer. He's not calling in though. Oh, he wants to call in. One second. I got to wait a couple hundred more feet. Because I think he said he's going to explore anyway. Someone there. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to blast their eardrums. Just one sec. Another 300 feet. When I'm traveling 30 miles an hour, it's about this long. You know, Carl. You know, other Carlos isn't around Westlock. There, he's probably like, "What the?" Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, you must be near. You right, must be right near uh, near Landia. Near Landia is right near Westlock. Good morning, other Carlos. Oh goodness, thank you for calling in. Uh, good morning, Carlos. That actually sounds really cool. I think that uh, Carlos should start his own podcast. And he re- records it from the train, and it's called Good Morning, Carlos. <laughs> oh, I love when we get toot toots. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so these 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 um, these things that you're talking about are called, uh, like, cement panels. They're like cement panels or concrete panels. Well, Mark also came in here and said, are you talking about hardy boards? And so, yeah, I did a hardy board Google, and I only saw one image came up that looked like it. Otherwise, it looked like a bunch of regular hardy board is like an, is, is like a vinyl siding just a little bit different i think from my understanding um but these are like concrete squares um that get installed in this, like you see them in a lot of modern houses um i saw them years ago in a lot of uh, yeah lauren said possibly veneer faux stone <laughs> that's why i said why would we even bring it up because we'd, we're not gonna be able to figure this out right now yeah um goodness gracious <laughs> sorry Anyways, we don't have uh okay, so Ryan says Hardy Board has multiple styles. Oh, okay. So maybe it can be cut in like a square. It's basically the square panels that Gabby's talking about. Yeah. That you see on um the exterior of houses. Uh back to the topic of, of siding though. It's just um No clue. It's expensive. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. really expensive and, and unless I again, unless you're doing very high end renovations. I wouldn't bother. And if you're doing medium to high end, I would just do the front of the house just for the curb appeal and then leave the back of the house stucco. Yeah. That's my opinion because if you can do the whole house, you're talking like 10, 15 grand. And that's a lot unless you got a big profit spread, which it's kind of hard to do depending on the market that you're in. So I would recommend that, you know, depending on what city you're in, just check and see what other fix and flippers are doing. And, um, from there, you gotta you gotta fucking stop, Gabby. <laughs> Sorry, Carlos. Made Literally, me laugh. so everything you guys are saying in the comments, Gabby's reacting while I'm talking, and all I could see is just like her like shaking her head at some comments. Other times, she's like just like leaning back in her chair, laughing. I'm like I can't fucking concentrate. This shows this show is is a clusterfuck as it is. I think we have like you know your like hashtag mulch it. Yes, I think the we, ship lap it. Yeah, yeah, hashtag ship lap it. <laughs> Also trying to Need provide some value in between, in between all this nonsense. <laughs> trying to make sure that somebody gets some value out of today's episode. <sighs> what was I talking about? Siding? 
being super expensive. Yeah, don't do it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> shiplap. Yes, shiplap is the answer to everything. Not on the exterior, though. It's, it's a very porous material. Um, oh, it'll be fine. Do it in the summer. No rain in the, in the forecast. <laughs> Jeremy's calling in here. Jeremy has to speak up, though. Yes. Jeremy, we need a sound solution for you. Can you guys hear me okay? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Jeremy in the morning. I'm yelling this time, so. <laughs> I hear lots of people What's trying happening? to. I hear lots of people trying to time the market, uh, especially around a market crash. Is it important or is it a good idea to try and time a market crash or is it a better idea to try and, try and time it seasonally or just not time the market at all? I'm going to, I'm going to disconnect you. So that way we, cause I know we're having some audio issues. Um, we're still trying to get them resolved, which by the way, thank you everyone for calling in today because, uh, um, yeah, let's us see how it's doing. Yeah, I gotta send. I gotta basically send off all of our calls to Podbean to tell them, "Hey, Crazy. what the shit." Um, so yeah, Podbean, if you're listening, um, <laughs> uh, yeah, there's no, there's no, absolutely no reason or uh, to try and time a market. It's just a bad idea. Nobody knows what the hell's going on. Like, look at the last six to twelve months, for example. Yeah, more so the last six months. What, look what's happened in the last six months. It's ridiculous, yeah. the amount of changes. Um, and we've had, the, I talked about it yesterday, Edmonton has been like, Alberta has been super boring for the last 10 years. I loved it. Um, and everybody's like, oh, no, I don't want to go to Edmonton. I don't want to go to Alberta because there's there's no there's, there's, there's no appreciation. The market's not going up. It's stale. Um, I like it because I don't like the inconsistencies. But a lot of people, they want to try and time the market. They want to buy low. They want to try and buy low and then, hope that the market goes up and they can sell high, which is just, it's impossible. It's impossible to, to, to know what's going to happen. I mean, there's some smart people that have some good indicators. You know, I know Jeremy does a lot of research. Um, there's a lot of smart people that can really figure out, okay, based on all of these different, you know, figures and factors that I, it, it's definitely going in this direction or it's very probable it's going in this direction, but nobody really knows. Yeah. Like, I, yeah, it's, so no, I mean, is a recession coming? Mm, I mean, they're trying to stop it, right? Um, I will throw a fucking book at you, Gabby. <laughs> I didn't do anything. I hit a heart. I hit a heart. You're not allowed to read the comments anymore. I didn't do. I didn't. <laughs> I was waiting for my heart countdown. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. So timing the market is. Yeah. Is, it, it's just, it's, it's not worth I it. I think it's important to know what's going on and to have your finger on the pulse and to see like, okay, right now the um, interest rates are up and, and what does that mean? Do I need to adapt anything? You know, those types of things. Like don't just go out there and willy nilly, you know, try to do methods that aren't going to work in certain markets. But at the same time, yeah, like don't be waiting for the perfect exact moment to take action because you're never going to take action in real estate investing. Yeah. There's, yeah. there's never, there's never a perfect, I mean, the best time is yesterday. That's, that's basically, that's yeah. to sum it all up. That is basically what every successful real estate investor will tell you. The best time to start investing is yesterday. Um, now, if you know that there are things going on in the market, IE right now, then that should, that should affect the decisions that you make and the strategies that you implement in your business. Yes. Okay? If you notice that um, interest rates are significantly higher, I mean, I don't think that should prevent you from buying investment properties because there's a lot of other benefits to buying when interest rates are high and everybody's scared. Mm -hmm. But uh, I'm trying to come up with a better example. If there are absolutely no buyers in your in your market, fix and flipping is a little bit harder. Okay. Let's just put use that as an yeah. example. Okay. If if that's that's the only example I got. <laughs> I, I I the question was more so about timing the market, which is which is just no. That's just my answer. No, yeah. you can't time the market. Nobody knows what the hell's going to happen. Yeah, um, we got super hot here in January, February, March. Was it mm -hmm. in this area? Mm -hmm. um, March, April. And now Ontario is taking a nosedive. Yeah, and prices are dropping like crazy. Um, that's my general knowledge of Ontario. I I don't know much more about it. But did anyone see that coming? No. I mean, could you have predicted that? No. I mean, just because a news article says that it might happen, should you stop? No. I mean, 
that you can't predict if, if everybody had a crystal ball, then, then everybody would be rich, mm-hmm. which is not the case. So buy investment properties for the long term. That's the answer. Yeah. Don't buy for quick, fast cash. And that's the problem is that people are trying to always buy for fast cash, trying to time the market. The goal for a good, successful real estate investing portfolio an investment portfolio is to buy for long term. And that could be anywhere from seven to 10 years minimum. Yeah. Always plan for seven to 10 years minimum. Okay. Don't plan for to sell in two years and you're just banking on the appreciation. Because if you're, if you're, if your plan is a two or a three year goal, um, that means you're only one, you're only relying on the appreciation because that's not enough time for mortgage pay down. Yeah. Actually, we had a, I've had a question actually in the, the master's um, Facebook group here yesterday and, and not really related to recessions, but, um, but more so about uh, we're talking about agreement for sales and is uh, an agreement for sale um, with an eight month, eight, let's say a one year term worth it. Mm-hmm. And when you look at that, my first thought is like, okay, what, what strategy are you going to implement with this one year agreement for sale? Yeah. And, uh, and how much are you going to make? What's your exit strategy as well? What strategy are you going to implement while you own it? And what's your exit strategy and how much are you going to make? And if you only have financing for one year and your plan is to sell it kind of similar to what I was talking about a second ago, where, you know, you buy a property and your goal is to keep it for two or three years and then sell it. Yeah. You got to remember that when you buy it, you, it for, for just a two or three year plan, you, the only guaranteed profit that you're going to receive is your mortgage pay down. Yeah. In cash flow, if there is any. And what's mortgage pay down on, a, on, a, on, a, on three years? Not I mean, a lot. It depends, it depends on the property type. Yeah. Right. If it's a townhouse, you're looking at about eight grand, nine grand, right? Mm -hmm. If it's a single family house, depending on where you are, I know it could be anywhere from six grand to 10 grand mortgage payment per year. Sorry, uh, per year. So I guess that would be like 18 to $30,000 for over three years. If you're talking about a single family suited house, you know, you're looking at same kind of thing, like 30 grand, 35 grand Mm -hmm. tops. But what's your, what's your, what's your, um, if you sell it in three years, what's your realtor fees? Right. Again, this all depends on the, the, the purchase price of the house and how you finance it. If you're financing it at 80% loan to value, but let's assume you've only got $20,000 worth of mortgage paid on that property. And then you go to sell it in three years and, and your realtor fees are $20,000. How much did you make? Hopefully some cash flow. Was it worth Property managing it though. <laughs> so if your only guarantee for those three years is the mortgage pay down and the mortgage pay down gets eaten by your realtor fees because your goal is to sell it in three years, then all you have is appreciation. So you're just a landlord for three years for free, just hoping that the market went up. Mm-hmm. What if the market went down by 10 grand? You just lost 10 grand, right? So this is why it's important when you're buying you know, rental properties uh, as an investment um, strategy. Or as an investment, um, make sure you're buying for the long term. Because at the very least, if you buy it for ten years, and you've got eighty, ninety thousand dollars worth of mortgage pay down, your realtor fees are only twenty grand when you sell it, and you made seventy thousand dollars, right? Yeah. Let's say your your down payment was seventy thousand dollars, roughly, and that means you made a hundred percent return on your money just on mortgage pay down. Yeah. And then the appreciation, the cash flow are just extra. Appreciation is dessert. Cash flow is probably just going to cover your your reserve and your maintenance and your vacancies and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So that's why just it's just a it's a no brainer. It's, it's real estate investing one hundred and one to make sure that you invest for the long term. Minimum, I say ten years. Seven years is okay too. Right, seven years is kind of that is a good sweet spot, um, which we can get into another day about yeah. why we've talked about this in the past about like this, the lifespan of, of, um, of appliances and materials, um, within your rental property, seven years, eight years is a really good sweet spot. Um, but 10 years is totally fine too. two, five year fixed terms. Right. Yeah. Um, and if you got that $90,000 or $70,000 worth of mortgage pay down, 
um, you know, after your realtor fees, you made a decent return. Yeah. And your market didn't have to in increase in appreciation. Right. But if you're just trying to time the market going in low and like hoping that the market goes up and make some fast cash, it's extremely risky, extremely risky. That's my thoughts on that. Indeed. Um, now, if you're buying a property and you're worried about like, uh, what if there's a recession coming? What if I buy a house or three houses this year? And, you know, Wayne says I'm super successful. And then, you know, there's a recession. Everybody loses their jobs. It's, it's a risk. Yeah. Like, do you see me selling off my portfolio? No. I mean, if you have a good cash flowing rental portfolio and you have good rental properties that are in demand, right? Don't buy $800,000 houses with $4,000 rent. Right. Because there's only a certain there's a small amount of people that can actually afford that. And that kind of decreases a little bit when when times are tough. Mm -hmm. So buy properties that are high in demand in your market. Buy in a market that has good, steady um, jobs that are in demand that will not go away. Don't buy in a mine town where, you know, times are tough to shut down the mine. Right. Mm -hmm. And then nobody's got any money and welfare, the welfare that they're going to get or their unemployment is not enough to cover the, the market rent in that city. Yeah. Well, then you're in trouble. But if you buy properties that are, with, are within an affordable range and you buy in a town that has decent jobs, even when times are tough and the property is financed in a way that it cash flows based on the market rents. Well, even if rents do have to go down a little bit, you've got cash flow as a cushion to ensure that you're not affected. If you've got $500 cash flow and rents drop by 300 bucks and interest rates go up a little bit, well, that's going to chew up your $500 cash flow, but that's better than if you bought, you know, a property and it was break even cash flow and then everything went down by 500 bucks. That means you're going to be negative 500 bucks on each, on each of your properties. Mm -hmm. Then you're in trouble. You bought those three properties, they're all negative 500 bucks and you're, that's coming out of your pocket now. Now you're negative 1500 bucks and you got a job and that's been affected by this quote unquote recession. This is where people make mistakes. Yep. So you got to do it right. You got to build a business that makes sense. It has to be cash flowing. You have to have a good reserve. You have to buy in a good market that has good jobs and so that aren't going to be affected by the fill in the blank. So recessions don't really scare me much. And if it does happen, there's nothing I can do about it. Mm -hmm. Does that mean I'm going to go and sell off all my properties because something might happen? No. If, if I'm planning on keeping it for 10 years anyways, all that I need to do is I need to weather the storm. Yeah. And that's another key thing. Is that, yeah, you might buy something and yeah, something might happen that we have no control over. As long as your business, your real estate investing business, the properties that you own, as long as they can weather the storm for two, three years tops until things level out again, then you're fine. You've got a good reserve. You had good cash flow. The cushion saved you. You had you, maybe you dipped into half of your reserve to make it work, but then rents went back up, interest rates went back down, jobs came back, everything's fine. You're good. You wrote it out. Everybody else was fucked. And they were panicking because they had they were pulling fifteen hundred bucks out of their pocket every month. So what did they do? They couldn't handle it anymore. They couldn't take the heat, so they sold. And they sold in a down market, so they lost forty thousand dollars. And they screamed and they cried to everybody that they knew. I'll never buy real estate ever again. I was gonna say, and they became Uncle Larry. Uncle Larry. Everybody's got an Uncle Larry that fucked up. And that's a majority of the stories that you hear about. Don't buy real estate. Remember that? Remember 2008? I lost $400,000 because Uncle Larry was a fucking genius in the, in the early 2000s. He bought all these properties, assumed all these mortgages. Oh my God, he's got a hundred doors. He's amazing. But he had no cash flow. And then 2008 came and you know he's bleeding negative $10,000 a month because he's a negative cash flow and he sells all of them and he sells them low. So he loses all of his equity and cries that he'll never do real estate ever again. Don't follow Uncle Larry. Right? Follow the people that do it right. Follow the people that build a good business that's sustainable through all of the possible what ifs. Yeah. That's why recessions don't bug me. That's why I like interest rates going up. Trust me, it sucks. I hate I hate waking up and seeing more messages that my interest rates went up and my cash flows went down. Trust me. I have a few properties that are adjustable rates. And I'm like, fuck. 
Yeah. But like, I'm I'm okay with it. I know it's only temporary. And they're still cash flowing because they're good properties. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And we have good properties that are, you know, desirable. They're not they're they're not high end rentals, right? Do I have properties that I rely on four thousand dollars worth of revenue in, in in short term rentals in order for it to work? No. Not to not to bash on short term rentals. I bash on people who buy properties specifically that only work for short term rentals. Yeah. Right. What's the backup? Right. They buy this six hundred thousand dollar property because the short term rental income on this is so much that it covers it and the cash flow is great. But when short term rentals go away, i.e., pandemics or you know what I mean, and stuff like that, which nobody could have seen, um, are you okay to weather the storm? Well, a lot of people couldn't weather the storm on their one bedroom condos downtown in these big cities. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, if you stick to the fundamentals of real estate investing one-on-one then you then you don't have to worry about things like that. Yeah. And yeah, you might have to weather a storm from time to time for a year or two and it sucks, but you'll get through it and everybody else will fail. That's my thoughts. Wah, wah. One hour, seven o'clock. Seven oh one. Suppose we'll see you tomorrow. Bye now. Bye bye. Thanks for listening to the Real Estate Investing Morning Show. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Interested in being a guest on the show? Send us an email to info at reimorningshow.com. 